Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Intimate Knowledge with Megan King. Shh, it's a show about sex. Hey guys, it's Megan King. Welcome back to Intimate Knowledge. Today is a very special day because I am putting my private investigator hat back on and I am doing some digging. You're not going to believe this. We have Vanessa Riser here with us today and I'm going to interview her. Who is she? She dated Louis Ruelas. That is Teresa Judice's new husband. And we have the dirt with her. Vanessa is not only Louis's ex, but she is a psychotherapist who specializes in narcissistic abuse. So we have a lot to talk about, and I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Is Teresa's new husband legit, or is there something else going on that's a little shady? Let's find out. So we're so lucky today to have Vanessa Riser on the show with us. Vanessa reached out to me, what, you reached out to me a few weeks ago because you um, you felt connected to my story about how I was with a narcissist and you just saw similarities in the um, relationship that you've had in the past, right? Yeah, I also happen to be a clinician, so I specialize in narcissistic abuse. Um, so this is my work. And I think it's interesting as I see the parallels in the Bravo universe, as well as, you know, a lot of my clients and also um, for myself, some of the things I'm noticing in terms of the characteristics in um, some of our exes that are very similar. It's been, it was so nice to talk to you on the phone a couple of weeks ago, just um, woman to woman about uh, kind of our experiences, because what I found when I was trying to heal from my, um, experience with my narcissistic ex is that there really aren't a whole lot of therapists out there who truly understand narcissism and and how to heal from that. So that's why I loved, a part of why I love speaking with you too. But then in addition to that, not only is, um, have you had experience with narcissists with your own personal life, but happens to be a famous man. You can Google, you know, who it is and stuff like that, or people can Google who it is, but I try not to get too much into him specifically. 
um, because of the treachery of the judicial system, which is not caught up yet. Oh, um, really? So yeah. he, so so he has you entwined in the judicial system somehow. He has in the past. There have been a lot of false accusations. We see this a lot with my clients in terms of um, stalking, harassment. You know, the ex is always bitter and she's always thirsty and all this bullshit that gets peddled. So I try to avoid him. Um, People generally, you know, can kind of find out who he is, et cetera, on their own. But I can certainly speak to the characteristics of, you know, they almost have like a playbook. They all have the same sort of behaviors. narcissists, sociopaths, and psychopaths. And there are oftentimes overlaps. So I I was, uh, this is interesting that you bring up the Bravo universe because I was just on the phone with a former Real Housewives of Orange County recently. And I'm not going to name her name, but um, she was saying, you know, how what she's going through with her ex and the post-separation abuse and her, her personal experiences. And she was asking me, Meg, how are you able to talk about your ex-husband so much on social media and in the public eye? And he doesn't come after you for anything. And I said, I'm in a special circumstance because, um, he's also a public figure. Yeah. I think probably I could in terms of defamation and the truth as well. However, I just try to avoid, the headache of that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really want to, you know, be dishing out money to attorneys as I have in the past in terms of just, you know, the triggers and getting back in the dance with him and all of this. So I try to avoid it to the extent that I can. So what is, what kind of things has he done to you in the past? Like, can you just kind of explain your history with this particular narcissist and and what your relationship looked like? Well, I was in an abusive relationship. Um, I left that relationship in 2020. Um, and when I did, he proceeded to go after me in the courts and it was, um, sort of a copy and paste. I had found out from his prior exes before me that, um, they had gone through similar experiences in terms of the discard, you know, the sort of love bombing and then the devaluing and the discard and the cycle of abuse and how it creates this trauma bond and blah, blah, blah. But, I had no idea. There was only one other time where he sort of showed me who he was. um, And that was when he left me in Cape Cod um, in Massachusetts, six hours from home. And then, so there were only two real times. Besides that, it was really insidious. It was kind of like um, passive aggression and like, you know, kind of disappearing Uh act. And so um, it was only really the two times that I saw like with the mask off and I was like, holy shit. But really the last time was the day I left. Um, and that was, um, and all the reason why I can speak about these rather fluidly is because they were all released in the press. And also they were found in, um, some documents, um, from the court proceedings. So can we, can we say who it is? Can I say who it is? I cannot say who it anybody is. I can just, um, speak to narcissistic abuse. But I can say, so Louis, Louis Ruelas, um, who famously married Teresa Judice recently. And I, I've just been reading articles about, you know, like all these red flags that you obviously know of. And now I know of from reading the press, like that his company was sued for a million dollars, like for a fraudulent company. I mean, why do you think somebody like Teresa would fall for someone like him and then not even get a prenup. What does that, what does that say? I think it's very hard for people like when I was in it as well to really see things clearly. I mean, 
it was, it's almost like being a cult. I really had no idea what was happening. You couldn't have told me anything, to be honest with you. There was no way I would have believed it. Um, I would have similarly probably dug my heels in deeper. Um, but I think that I, well, first of all, I never victim blame ever. There's no um, point at which I ever do that. I just don't, it just is not in my fiber. I tend to be um, very careful with that. I think even, especially as a therapist, I could probably throw myself on the sword a lot around, you know, guilt and, and, and shame around that, but I try not to do that. And, and also with people who extricate themselves from a cult, um, they have a lot of shame because oftentimes they're recruiting others into said cult. So mm-hmm. they have like this compounded shame. So I try not to um, victim blame. I think it's really hard to watch and it's really um, unfortunate and sad because I can feel a lot of empathy for, you know, somebody who's in that position. What is a sex life w- with s- sex life like with someone who's a narcissist? Is it different than someone who's not a narcissist? I hear different stories about this. Sometimes the narcissist will um, keep sex from you or harbor that sexual experience and kind of punish you and tell you that um, there's, you know, something wrong with you. Um, Or sometimes they can be overly sexualized. So there's like a hole in the bucket. They're never satiated kind of a thing. Um, So I've heard two different versions of this. One is kind of, you know, they're keeping it from you. And the other is that there's never that they're never satiated. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do find this missing girlfriend and tell her story with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one like my producer Anna oh my god my friend Dr. Mindy Shapiro hi it's Dr. Shapiro and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner and of course Gail's sister Elaine Katz having no closure it kills you join us as we try to solve a 35 year old cold case it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if... no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, what about like sexual orientation as far as a narcissist is concerned? Will they just accept like sexual favors from any individual just because it's attention? That's such a great question. People ask me all the time, is my narcissist gay? And I always say, and this is not to um, say anything about the pan community, pansexual community, but I think a narcissist will take attention from any creature. And actually, narcissists like dogs and pets and animals because of that reason. We see sociopaths do not um, like animals and they tend to victimize creatures. But the narcissist is fine with uh, getting attention from any creature. Wow, that's so interesting. Well, like not sexual attention from a dog, right? God, I hope I not. would not. Nothing <laughs> would surprise me, but I don't think that would really surprise me. It's, oh my God, I'm thinking like orange is the new black when they're in prison and they get a dog in prison and oh gosh, they put peanut butter down there. That's where my <laughs> going right now. It's so yeah. nasty. Yeah. Because I've heard, I've heard rumors about um, some famous narcissist being supposedly gay and I, and I wonder if that's the reason why it's just like, oh, there's a tension. Like, yeah. I don't think that they discriminate. That's uh well, then, but hold on a second. Don't narcissists care a lot about their reputation? Well, right. So th these are definitely things that would happen off the radar, behind the scenes, which is basically how they live their entire lives in terms of finances and drug addiction. And, you know, none of that stuff is known. Um, they just hide it. And they're pretty good at it because they've been doing it for so long. Right. And oftentimes they're deluded. So... Um, they confabulate and create stories just to fill in gaps. Um, but they are pretty adept at creating a false narrative. What about monogamy? Are they able to stay monogamous? No. <laughs> Point blank, no. No. So is a narcissist always cheating? How long can a narcissist, or, or how long could they stay monogamous? I would say, well, the sociopath can only go but two years. A narcissist can go longer. There's generally like a gaggle of like back burner people. So they're sort of throwing out lines quite a bit. Um, and oftentimes these are business deals. So they can be hidden behind the guise of like, no, 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 this was, you know, I told you I was going to make that business deal with this person, or I told you I was going to have that masseuse, or I told you I was going to um, hire this person for your brother, or I told you that this, um, it, so they, they kind of hide behind um, some sort of more um, benign 
reason for them to be reaching out, but they're always casting lines and there's always um, a lot of people on deck that are, you know, sort of in the periphery for that attention. Yeah. Like the supplies just, there's always like filler inners. Yep. So, so does all, do you think all of this applies to Louie too? I can't speak to He's a narcissist and this what? is, Point blank. Okay, well, I'll tell you what I think about him. So I just think Teresa has been totally blindsided by him, as good people are blindsided by narcissists. It's that we, if we have empathy and love, and we see a need that needs to be fixed, and we're able to do it, then a, a person with a big heart, such as you and I, we're going to jump right in and know that you know we can make this person feel better. But the problem is, it's all fake. It's smoke and mirrors, and so there really there is no solution. It's just a, a vicious cycle of toxicity. And when I see Louie and, and Teresa, I see her having fallen into this trap and I just don't think it's going to end well. And my heart goes out to her. I definitely have grown up because I grew up in New York. I have watched, you know, the Real Housewives of New Jersey is sort of a Northern Jersey experience. So it's right like in my backyard. So having been a fan of the show for a long time, we kind of watched those kids grow up and like, I'm no different than any other fan and somebody who lives in the tri-state area. So, you know, it's been kind of hard to watch her go through a bunch of different things. And I, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you would hope for her to have that happy ending and I could see why, you know, she would be super vulnerable. And I, you know, I always, um, think about her in a, positive way. I, I know some people, you know, don't like her, but I don't have that kind of perspective in my work. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think people, she's a polarizing figure in the sense that she's a, a tenured reality star, but at the same time, it's like, she, she's still an, a human. And I think a lot of times people forget that when they watch reality stars, that we're still humans with feelings and, and real emotions. And and um, when we just want love, we want, we don't want to be lonely. And I see that with Teresa and her daughter was on um, Watch What Happens Live. She was the bartender and Andy Cohen asked her, um, do you think this is essentially, do you think this is crazy that your mom doesn't want a prenup? And GIA answered, no, they, lo they love each other and he would never take my mom's money and my mom would never take his money. But I just don't even feel like he has money. I feel like it's just all fake, all fakery. I guess, you know, time will tell. I mean, I guess so. I didn't even know I was married to a narcissist until after we had broken up and I started the healing process. I think that denial ain't just a river in Egypt. And <laughs> <laughs> I was deep in denial because I was committed to my husband. It's interesting because like watching you guys on um, the TV and Lala and Catherine Dennis specifically were a few that kind of like, mm -hmm. like I kind of was watching and was maybe a little concerned about. Really? Um, yeah. And then came to learn of this myself because it's only something that I've kind of built mastery around in the last few years. Um, but watching it and kind of retrospectively and thinking about it, um, it makes perfect sense um, that they were and aren't. And while I cannot diagnose your ex partners, um, there's definitely those characteristics. I can see them like f on full display now. Um, but yeah, you usually only realize it after you go through it. It's not the kind of thing. And I think we need to do a better job of preparing our children to understand what the red flags are, even in their same sex friendships, 
in their business dealings. Like you kind of want to assess for superficial charm and, you know, kind of this, this narrative that specifically young girls are given around like the, you know, the knight in shining armor and all he's going to whisk you away and all this like fantastical thinking that Disney sort of, you know, builds into our universes. But I think we need to do a better job of, you know, maybe even, you know, like unhanding the idea of Santa Claus and all of this like fantastical stuff can be actually really kind of setting them up to fail. So I think that's something because I feel bad because none of us knew what we were getting into until we went through it. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, looking back, do you see the red flags now? How long were you guys together, first of all? Not long. I am piss and vinegar. I take no shit from anyone. So at one point or at many points, I was just like, go fuck yourself. I had enough of your shit. I don't think that that was standard. And so he was um, kind of living longer with other women. Um, But I was a short relationship. It was about a year and a half. Um. The first time, yes. The second time, no. Um, I can't believe that he, you had like legal shit with him too. If it was only just such a short time, was it like in the sense of protecting his reputation, or was it like going after money? I think to this day he just wants me to shut up. Oh, um, because of my work, work, you know, I ran across the entire state of New York in a wedding dress last okay, year. Okay, tell me about that. Miles. Yeah, I had this this thought one day because I was like going through my own healing process and I'm a runner, I'm a two-time Ironman, so I'm very athletic. And I thought maybe I can get people to pay attention to this um, because we were supposed to marry in July of 2020, we were engaged. So I thought the wedding dress was a symbol and I thought this would be really clever. And it was, it worked. I got a lot of press for that. I got a book deal, I'm writing a book now. Um, and they filmed me for my run across New Jersey, which was just a few weeks ago um, for a documentary. And I'm really trying to shine a light on this insidious form of domestic violence. But I had this idea. I thought, let me just run across the state. And I called my friend, Bob Riley, who is an ultraman. Um, and I was like, do you think I can run across the state of New York? And he was like, fuck yeah. And I was like, oh God, here we go. So I got a Sherpa, I got a team together, a videographer, and it took 11 days. And it was really transformative. Highly recommend 10 stars. Um, It was amazing because I was doing my own healing, but then also like I was a voice for other women who are silent. So what did that do for the, for, um, you know, promoting that domestic violence is narcissistic abuse? What happened? I think because of the platform, because I was in the New York Times and and, um, I think it, really started to get people talking as and there are so many people who are in this space now similarly Dr. Romani who are getting people to talk about narcissistic abuse but I think it was just another you know way that people were feeling validated the so so he just doesn't want you to talk about it he wants you to shut up and so does my ex he constantly I've gotten cease and desist from him I've gotten um he's sent me NDAs to try to get me to sign and my narcissist was so into control, financial control, mental control, um, any sort of control that he can have uh, over me or any, or anyone for that matter, that it drives him nuts that he cannot control my voice. And that's the, and in my, my mind, that is the one thing that no one can take from me and I will never give that up. And, um, but it's, but I see so many other people going through this and they don't have that same voice. And I mean, then I think about Teresa and then I think, well, what is she going to think when she hears that I'm talking shit on her brand new husband who I've never met? 
and who, who I don't know, but like, it's, and she, of course she should protect him. What she, that's her husband. I, that's my values at least. Yeah. I know like we, there are some, you know, clinicians now that have developed credentialing for narcissistic abuse. Sandra Brown is one of them. So there's these continuing ed credits that never existed. You know, like the DSM-5 has never really done a good enough job to highlight the characteristics, the sort of nuanced behaviors. But Sandra Brown does refer to this disorder or this intimate relationship as one of inevitable harm. Really? That's a really good way to characterize you know, the way it ends. It's not, there, there are very few outliers or people that change uh-huh. that have NPD. So um, yeah, the prognosis is, as you said, not really good. And th- there's a difference between just being a narcissist, having NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, and having narcissistic traits, correct? Yeah, we all have narcissistic traits. Like sometimes if I'm PMSing, I can actually feel the fucking horns come out of my head. Like, yeah, um, everybody has their days. Maybe you're, you need a Snickers, who is to say? But um, this is very different. This is somebody who is a one-upper and they're constantly pulling you down to make themselves feel better. Um, somebody who maybe sees uh, another person laughing in a restaurant and takes that personally, like is aggravated and sort of seething. These are people who their baseline is lower. So they're constantly trying to pull you down so they can feel better about themselves. God, that sounds terrible. No, no wonder my ex is friends with like his nannies because he didn't have anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. He's going to kill me. Um, He's going to try, but I have a restraining order. So good luck. is the life of a for- being married to a former narcissist. It just sucks. It's how it goes. And I see that like Teresa was also married to a narcissist with her ex-husband. I don't know anything about um, him, really. I remember seeing him sort of as like, you know, somebody who maybe strayed from the relationship. But I, don't, I guess I never really saw him um, behind the scenes and knew enough about his. But people do tell me that. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like anybody who cons the system like to that degree is pro- probably has like something going on upstairs. That's not all, all there. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, um, but I mean, I get it. I went from, I, I, I think like I'm a narcissist attractor and for some reason it's hard for me to see the signs, but I think it's like you said, I love love. I love the fairy tale ending. And I wasn't educated on that not existing. My parents got married at 21 after dating for six months and they've been married for 47 years and they're in love as ever. And that's kind of what I thought I should also have. Yeah. I think that happens. I think it's pretty rare, you know, and I think that's probably what it comes down to. It's like that sort of enigmatic. That's not the standard. So that they're really lucky. Um, but I think that, yeah, you have to unhand the fantasy stuff. And I think it, you you have to think more pragmatically, living a little bit more realistically. Um, somebody gave me Brene Brown's list of values. And I thought that was really helpful because, well, I always thought like honesty would be one of the things. I mean, a serial killer could be honest and telling you, you know, I only murder on Wednesdays. Um, so I have unhanded some of the things that I thought were priorities for me, like ambitious and I've become more involved in looking for somebody who actually has empathy, who's altruistic, who's understanding, compassionate, communicative. So I'm really shifting away from um, some of the things I thought were important, like honesty even. And I'm, I'm thinking more about 
mm-hmm. um, people that are, have an actual understanding um, and can communicate effectively. This is so good. You should have some sort of a masterclass for people like me so we can learn not to fall in this damn trap again. So can if I want to go to you as my therapist, can I do that? Well, I'm licensed in New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and Florida. I provide life coaching out of those states, but my licensure exists in only those four states. So as a clinician, that's where I operate. Everything is telehealth. Um, okay. But yeah, people can can reach out to me at tell, T-E-L-L-A therapist.net. Um, and I'm building out my practice. I have four clinicians that work under me. One of them specializes in narcissistic abuse as well. We're trying to become the only um, narcissistic abuse um, therapy practice with more than one clinician. I think that probably exists anywhere. So we're sort of building out. And while that's really exciting for me, it's obviously showing that there are more than we thought that exists with this personality disorder. Dr. Romani and I are in agreement in that it used to be one in five, I think was the number. And I think it's probably um, more common. Um, and I think superficial charm is one of the red flags. So these could be your priests, you know, your politicians, these are your neighbors. These are the people that you don't think are monsters that um, put on a face and are really important in the community, but we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. So we need to get better at understanding that monsters don't look the way we think they look. Yeah. And oftentimes they're charming, like you said which is where you get sucked in. You think, oh, they're, they're nice. They're so, they're so wonderful to be around. Yeah, until you get to know them, until they just yeah. suck the soul out of you. Yeah. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us today. I think that um, you can offer a ton of help and guidance for, main, I would say, mainly women out there, especially women like me who have been wrapped up in these narcissistic relationships and figuring out how to heal. So um, teletherapist.net. It's that's where everybody can find you, right? Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was so, that was so informative. I'm glad that we had Vanessa on to talk about these narcissistic issues because it's really, it's really broad. It's spread so wide across the world. So thank you to Vanessa. And, um, like, like she said, you can Google her. You can find out all the things, all those court records she was talking about. Those are public information. So if anybody else out there is an investigator like me, check it out. Get down and dirty with it. Now you know. Because if you know, if I know, you know. Okay? Subscribe to Intimate Knowledge on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.